Oh, we're live, we're live. Welcome back to the Gambling Shack. I am Robert Harris Jr., a.k.a. Bobby Beats. You can follow me on Twitter at Robo Harris Jr. My main man, Gabe Myers, G underscore Myers, 33. Uh, we're back uh, with, the, with the Gambling Shack. Uh, finishing off bowl weekend, semifinals is, uh, this weekend. It's a, lot, it's a lot going down. And week 17, pretty much, in a nutshell, the ending of the regular season to the NFL. It's one more week, but most of the starters, if already clinched. So there will be the final playoff spots will be up for, up for grabs. The final playoff spots and then the uh, probably the one seed in the AFC. So that'll be. Yeah, because yeah, the AFC South is still up in the air. Hey, there's a real chance we get Titans and Jaguars on Sunday night next week. Because that will that'll decide a playoff spot. Godspeed. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we um, – uh, big storyline, I mean, the semifinals. Uh, Gabe, I don't know if you've been watching any bowl games. Uh, Bro, they, I have not watched. <laughs> I've been – for those listening, I've been at a basketball tournament for my day job, and I have been there – the, I've been at that gym for 12 hours a day. Um, it's, I mean, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, there are worse ways to spend my time than watching high school basketball. Um, but that's what I've been doing. I, I watched a little bit of Texas Washington yesterday. Um, remember in the movie, the uh, what was it, the replacements where they put that glue on the dude's hands so he can catch the ball? Well, UT needs to do with Xavier Worthy because <laughs> <laughs> he can catch the ball. Uh, Sarkeesian might have been nine and four and beaten his old school, but instead, the Longhorns. Another eight-win season destined for mediocrity, it appears. Um, but and that's why I didn't bet on the game. I didn't, but yeah, I did catch the end of Kansas and Arkansas. I caught the end of that. So, but other than that, oh, but here's the one the one bowl thing we should care about, Rob. Our friend Jay Arnold, the millionth fan of the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Now that was slightly orchestrated. Um, but our friend Jay Arnold with a uh, with a very good seat to Duke's Mayo Bowl and enjoying a tub of mayo. Not my thing. I don't think that's really Rob's thing either. But uh, ha- you know, to each their own. And uh, Jay got some uh, got some airtime for. It. Yeah, I, I seen yeah. it on on a break time. I, I looked at the TV screen and shout out to the broadcaster, shout out Jay Arnold, former Texas A and M defensive lineman. And friend uh, of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, and a friend of the podcast. He's been on the podcast before. He was eating a tub of mayo, Duke's mayo. So uh, yes. he was enjoying it. He was really enjoying it. Uh, but uh, shout out to Jay. He's he's a cool guy. Like He's really like out there and like he, he takes risks and takes chances on everything. So I, I like that. I like that. Oh, man. But, yeah, so that's the only bowl news I care about. But we have the playoff games tomorrow, and, Rob, I will be – Posted up on a couch somewhere in New Mexico mm-hmm. to watch TCU versus Michigan tomorrow, and I believe two o'clock Mountain Time. So, with that being said, we both have a uh, take on this game. It's different, but it doesn't necessarily mean we disagree. So, I'm doing a first on the show, guys. First time I've ever done this. I, I think Rob, I, I don't believe I've ever done this before. I like Michigan tomorrow, minus four and a half in the first half. 
What's been TCU's MO? Yeah, no, first half bet. We don't get we don't get totals. We don't get first half. I think I've done a total one, once or twice on the show. I don't think I've done a half before. I like TCU minus four and a half in the first half. Or no, Michigan minus four and a half in the first half. My bad. TCU's MO this year, they started off slow. Big comeback slate. And TCU, I think the style of their offense, they're going to need – I don't think they're going to hit the big plays early. The big plays are going to be coming later in the game. What is going to happen early in the game is Michigan's offensive line is going to push TCU off the ball. And Michigan's offensive line is going to have their way, I believe, early on. And Michigan this year, talking about TCU getting off slow starts, Michigan gets off the fast starts. So I like Michigan minus the four and a half in the first half. And TCU just a slow starting team. Michigan a fast starting team with that offensive line. And TCU – Hasn't played a team with the physicality of Michigan all year. So I think TCU is going to be a little shell-shocked to start this game. I think it will be competitive, but I think Michigan's going to really control the first half, play their style of game. I like Michigan minus four and a half in the first half. Probably explain that game a little bit more later on, but I can see that happening. A lot of people uh, don't believe that TCU should be in, as a show I was doing earlier today for my day job of, producer at Wager Talk TV. Uh, one of the talent guys said that I don't believe TCU should be in there. Even though they did lose the Big 12 championship, but USC lost against Utah in the Pac-12 that kind of ended the uh, ended, you know, uh TCU getting knocked out. TCU still stayed alive. But he said that he, he just don't believe in them. And I was like, man, I mean this team was was good all year. They won the big games on the road. Uh, so in the Big 12 conference. Yeah. I, I understand that take. Mm-hmm. My problem with they don't belong. Here's the thing. Like TCU lost in the Big 12 title game to a Kansas State team that they had already beaten. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that, I mean, that's part. So that's some of my thing with that. It's like you're going to punish them for losing a game to a team they had already beat, a top 10 team. team they're playing in a Sugar Bowl tomorrow afternoon. Um, so you're punishing them for that. Also, if you take TCU out, who are you putting in? You're gonna put Bama in, who hasn't beaten a good team all year. Their best one is Texas. That's like TCU's fourth best win. And again, when Bama beat Texas, Rob, your mic's on mute there. Just there you go. Um, when when Bama beat Texas, they beat them by one. TCU beat them by seven. Um, I mean, so I mean that's not a perfect way to compare things, but if we're comparing resumes, TCU's got a better resume. I understand if you say they're not, you know, their star rating, their 24-7 talent composite is not up there with some of these other teams. And that's true, but we can't measure teams like that in a given year. I think the TCU argument, do they or don't they deserve to be here, is kind of irrelevant. Michigan does deserve to be here. Michigan's really, really good. Their offensive line bullies people. That's why I like them against Ohio State. Michigan bullies you. They bully you. And I think TCU is – not that they're finesse. I I don't think they have the talent in the trenches to match up with Michigan. Um, I think early on that will show itself. I think late in the game that will show itself. But I think TCU, I think, will have some opportunities. But I like Michigan minus four and a half in the first half. First half bet. I like it, Gabe. You welcome in. I'm coming to, to the my world. Side. I'm I'm, go- I'm coming over to the dark side over here. Yeah, yeah, you are. Uh, this game for me, uh, one of the uh, the Sugar Bowl actually. Um, talk about this matchup with Kansas State and Alabama. It's all about motivation. I, I think that's. That's what I'm looking at for this game. It's all about the motivation. Kansas State, big win in the Big 12 championship. Now you're playing Alabama, who really don't want to be there. They really – they wanted to be 
you know, Nick Saban, I think I should be in the four. I think I should be in the semifinals. Well, Nick, you lost two games, brother. Lost a tough yep. one against Tennessee, and then you lost a tough one against LSU. But I, I think plus six and a half, I think it's just about motivation uh, status. Now, Bryce Young is going to play, um, which is pretty shocking to me, honestly. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's pretty shocking to me. But uh, Will Howard, uh, backup quarterback for Kansas State, uh, Adrian Martinez, we all know, transferred from Nebraska, started the season, got hurt. Really hasn't got his job back. But Will Howard has held the ship down. Like I said, big victory against TCU in the Big 12 Championship. Kansas State is feeling pretty good about themselves. I think this game is played in New Orleans, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so this will be a great matchup for Kansas State, the Wildcats. I believe they can cover that plus six and a half against Alabama because it's all about motivational purposes. Who wants to really be there? Well, this is absolutely a bigger game for Kansas State than it is for Alabama. One thing I will say, you mentioned Bryce Young not being there. What I go back to for this game is the COVID year. I remember NFL scouts talking about, you know, because there were opt-outs all across the country. I'm like Michael Parsons opted out. Some of their top, you know, top-tier draft picks opted out. Um, There wasn't a whiff of that at Alabama. And so I wonder coming into this game if if the same principle applies here of, okay, Bama's not in the college football playoff you know, where they usually are, but is that, is that buy-in? Are they still locked in in the same way? I go back to the COVID year. So I lean towards yes, especially, especially with Bryce Young, you know, wanting, you know, wanting to play and he will be playing in this game. So that's what's scary. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm with you that I'm with you on your motivation thing with Kansas state, because it's absolutely a bigger winning. This game would mean a lot more to Kansas state than it would to Alabama. I think the talent gap is bigger than six and a half, but I don't, you know, it is one of those things where you don't know what you're going to get from Bama versus you know that, you know, Kansas State's pulling out all the stops here. So I'm I'm torn on it. I'm staying away, but you have more guts than I do. And I, I think your analysis is correct. This is a much bigger game for Kansas State. Oh, so Kansas State uh, looking to, according to teamrankings.com, against the spread, against the nine. Kansas State was nine, three, and one uh, this season. So. Yeah. Well, and also you mentioned Will Howard. I actually think Will Howard's been a little bit of an upgrade over Adrian Martinez at the quarterback position. I, mean, I agree. You know, I agree. Martinez was – and you were kind of dancing around that a little bit. But it's, um, you know, like you know, they're with their backup quarterback. Yeah, but the Niners are with their third quarterback, and he's better than the first two that played this year. Transition to the NFL, uh, like we said, week 17. A lot of playoff implications ahead. Uh, Philadelphia just needs to win one game, just one game to clinch a home field advantage. Uh, Buffalo Bills and Cincinnati Bengals, the Monday night showdown. That's gonna be whoo, that'll be fun. That uh, get your popcorn, get your popcorn ready, and there's some splashes in between from 12 to 3 o'clock in the afternoon, but. I guess I will go first. Um, Cleveland and Washington Commanders. Give me the under, 40 and a half. Cold. A little rainy. Okay, it's just probably going to be cold. Uh, but Deshaun Watson, he's rusty. He's really rusty. But he hasn't played in a year. He hasn't played all year. And just last week against the Saints, just, just looked awful. Just looked awful towards the end. Normally, you know, I guess being a Texas fan, you know, seeing Deshaun down and out, 
he'll make a big play and, and bring the team back. But, you know, it was third and 10, fourth and 10, and Saints just sacked him. And that's, that's the end of the game. Play good defensive game there. The commanders, on the other hand, hey, Taylor Heineke, your time is up. It's Carson Wentz time now. Wentz, here you go. You're feeling healthy. You're looking good. Let's do some. I think Carson Wentz is Carson Wentz. I think we all know who he is. He had a great, uh, well, the Super Bowl year. He had MVP year to towards ACL. Nick Foles came in, saved the day, uh, talked about the good Lord upstairs, and, and boom, MVP, and then all that, all those endorsements came along with it. But to this game, I just think both both quarterbacks are just trying to get their feet wet. Honestly, they're trying to get back into the groove, and I don't really think it's going to be a lot of scoring. I think the Commanders are ninth. In the NFL and passing defense, uh, they they're good against the run as well. So I think um, it's going to be a slow and steady pounding ground game. Now the Commanders are just announced that they are without Antonio Gibson. He's a knee foot injury. He's ruled out. But Brian Robinson, rookie running back out of Alabama, has really taken over that role. To be honest with you. Same for Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. You got the running backs handled there. So I just think it's both quarterbacks really trying to get their feet wet, trying to get back into the game, especially for Deshaun Case. Give me 40 and a half under. So what that means, I, they need to score like 35, 30. Just in points total, 40 and under, I'll win my money. I'll give analysis on this game in about two minutes. Um, My first NFL pick here. One of my favorite things to do is to bet on Belichick and Young or backup quarterbacks. Did with the Jets twice this year. It worked out tremendously. Mm. Um, now Tua's out for the Dolphins. We saw the Dolphins doubt Tua earlier this year. I know Teddy's are, you know, Teddy's about as good a backup as you're going to get. But they went 0-3 without Tua in the lineup. Dolphins are spiraling right now. I think it's starting to come unraveled a little bit over there. Now you go against the New England team who, I mean, you can say what you want. Mac Jones ain't the answer. You know, Matt Patricia's their offensive coordinator, which I think is a disaster. Might as well have me and you there um, calling the plays on offense. He's calling defense. Fine. That's what he used to do. But yeah. he's calling offense now. It's yeah. not great. Um, <laughs> that being said, Belichick can still coach defense. And New England at home uh, giving less than a field goal um, against a backup quarterback in Miami, against a Miami team that's spiraling. And I think everyone's kind of selling their New England stock right now. And they played the Dolphins week one. And everyone, oh, the Dolphins beat New England week one. Yeah, they beat them 20-3, to three, and one of those scores was a sack fumble return for a touchdown. It wasn't like Mike McDaniel was going up and down the field on Belichick's defense. Now in New England, the weather's cold. I like New England minus a two-and-a-half here against a backup quarterback. I personally, personally, <laughs> and I, I'm for the show, but personally, I did look at that line. I was like, because, eh. like, you know, like you said, like, Belichick can't call the defense. I have no idea what Matt Patricia is calling offense for. You could tell that the offense is just, whew. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it's one of those games where you, you got a sweet spot with it, though, because Tua Tonga Below is out with a second concussion. Now Teddy Bridgewater comes into him. You know, and, and New England defense isn't a slouch. No, New England's de- – the defense is not the problem. That's the problem. Yeah, like, I mean, it was 22 – what, 22-0 at halftime yeah. last week against Cincinnati. The final score was 22-18. Like, New England right. made a push in that and second Cincinnati's half. Cincinnati's one of the very best offenses in the NFL. Yes. Like yeah. – 
it's one of those situations where I, I like the number. If you yeah. can get it at two and a half, meaning New England has to win by three to cash your bet. Um, I, I like it. Three. Eh, oh, yeah, two, I'm taking this at two and a half. I ain't letting it get to three. I'm yeah, yeah, you can't let it get to three because you most likely might end the end as a push. Yeah. But um, <laughs> let's move to our dogs, our live dogs. They are barking. Live dog means that we have to uh, pick outright winners. Uh, so we'll say, I don't know, Cleveland, blah, 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 blah. You know, just give me an explanation. Just give me definition. Definition, Gabe. Just definition. Yeah. So live, <laughs> my live dog, which I mistakenly uh, switched the teams up. Thank you to my good guy, my man, Gabe, <laughs> said, hey, Rob. You know that's the wrong team. Now. Yeah, like, oh. yeah. The, the Chargers are not six and a half point underdogs. <laughs> yeah, they be playing like it sometimes. But anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, give me Baker Mayfield. Oh lord, give me Baker Mayfield to <laughs> LA Rams plus six and a half at um. Well, SoFi is pretty much a neutral game. Both teams play yeah. at SoFi Stadium. Um, Baker, Baker, Baker. Baker's been playing pretty good. Like I think, like the spotlight is not on the Rams. Really, they're not. They're out. They're out of playoffs. They're out of playoff contention. And Donald, I mean, he's been, he's been like, he's been questioning retirement ever since he won the Super Bowl, and he's out for the year. Um, Cooper Cup, not he's out for the year. So it's it's a lot of you know disappointment within this franchise this season because you thought. At least they can compete to get back into the playoffs, but unfortunately, the quarterback position Matthew Stafford's out for the season. So it's 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 a lot of a lot of disappointments with this ball club. But since Baker's got there, he's giving hope. He's playing for a new team. He's not playing for the Rams. He's playing for a new country. He's playing for a new team. It will be. Oh well, yeah, we don't know Matthew Stafford's injury. This could be an audition for next year with. Hey, Cooper Cup's coming back. They'll probably revamp the offensive line. You got Sean McVay. That's a pretty decent situation. I think we don't know the extent of Stafford. Baker might be auditioning for the Rams. Good point. Good point. He could be. He he could be. He could be. That's a good point. But I still think he's playing for a new team. I'm pretty sure he's going to get released, uh, go out there to free agency. I don't know like how long that contract goes with Carolina. Uh but the Rams been playing better, and I think this is a, a step up. I think you know the Chargers' big victory on Monday night against the uh, Indianapolis Colts, Nick Foles, Indianapolis Colts. They just pretty much dominated their game. But I think the LA Rams been playing better. The run game's been there. Baker's been awesome. The defense has been getting getting to it. I like the Rams here, man. Plus six and a half. It's so far. It's a neutral game. Both yeah. teams play it so far, so I like that for that statement, but I like Baker to outdo Justin Herbert to make it close. Yeah. And outright win. No, I think I mean that's um I mean there's no home field advantage there. I when you talk about motivation earlier, the Chargers clinched a playoff spot last week. What are they playing? I mean, they're playing for seeding now. And then the I mean, the Rams, just who knows? I mean, they won by 37 last week. But then I was against the Broncos. And uh, um, my live dog, I said Cleveland, Washington earlier. I like Cleveland plus the two. Washington moved off Carson once with Taylor Heineke. And we kind of had fun with that on the show. But Taylor Heineke 
was never the answer. Now they're moving back off. And he's like, they moved off Carson Wentz for him. And now you're moving back to Carson Wentz from it. I, there's the instabilities there in Washington. The defensive line, which is supposed to be the strength of the team, the defensive line hasn't even really been playing well. You mentioned the running backs, you know, Gibson being out. So Wentz, I mean, you're already a little bit of a talent deficit there. I like Cleveland plus the two. I just think that Cleveland's going to be able to run the football. Um, it has nothing to do with Deshaun Watson, I actually think. At what point do we stop saying Deshaun is rusty and just say Deshaun has been bad because um, he's been pretty bad? Uh, but, again, I like Cleveland's ability to run the ball. I don't like what I'm seeing from Washington. I don't – you know, their defense line is supposed to be their strength. Hasn't been their strength. Now you're changing quarterbacks to a guy you already moved off of because he wasn't playing well enough. And the guy who you're replacing with wasn't playing well enough, so you go back to him. I, I, instability, some injuries on offense, defensive line not playing the way they're supposed to. Give me Cleveland plus a two. I know they're going on the road, but at least with Cleveland, I have an identity. They're going to run the football. They're going to get after you. Defensive line is tough. And what's the thing with Carson Wentz? He holds on to the ball too long. When are you going to get Smiles Garrett in that Cleveland Browns defense? So give me the Browns plus the two on the road of Washington. I'm not mad at that. If I didn't take the totals, I'd probably take that side due to the fact that the running back tandem. And I, I say he's I just say he's rusty. I know you want me to say he's been playing. Well, bad. And again, I, maybe and I think it's fair to say, well, let's see what happens next year after tra- you know, full training camp and preseason, mm-hmm. everybody being regular. It's fair to say that, but it's not. I mean, Deshaun was just playing below average, slightly below average, or just even average football. Okay, he's rusty, but he's just playing bad football. <laughs> that, that's my thing with Deshaun. Like, I didn't expect him to come back and be what he was in Houston, um, but. He's not even showing signs. Yeah. Like that, that's my thing with Deshaun. It's like it's not yeah. even and I don't even think it's getting better week to week. Mm-hmm. I'm not watching Deshaun. Like, okay, the first game he looked bad. Okay, now he's looking a little bit better, a little bit better. He's taking steps in the right direction. Now he just looks bad. And we talk about the Russell Wilson contract, and how terrible that is. Give it six weeks into next year if Deshaun still ain't right. We're gonna talk about how horrible that contract is. Yeah. 230 million ways we can. But uh, on to the best. Man. And as Texans, as Houstonians, we are so sad about that. Just so sad. Yeah. No, not. Thank you for the first round. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> on to our best bet of the week. Uh, the gig is Gabe chooses NFL. I choose college. And so here we go. Uh, for college, this is not just motivation. When you, uh, excuse me. When you look into college bowl games, a big factor is motivation. Uh, due to the fact that a lot of players opt out, um, they opt out do you know declare for the draft, yeah, or they opt out because they're transferring, they jump in the portal, and um, it's a lot of interesting news in the portal. But those are the two main reasons why a lot of people stay away from college football, but some of the experts. They go into it because those are factors. Those are great advantages to have. And so this is mine. Uh, give me Tulane plus two versus USC. Another motivational factor. Tulane was the most profitable team this season against the spread. 11-2 and two record. They were tied first with Oregon State. Coach Fritz, great job with the team. Unexpectedly. Won the AAC championship. Unexpected. Like, nobody had Tulane on that roster. No. Nobody. In that conference, it was mostly UH and Cincinnati talk. 
And a little bit of Memphis talk. Yeah, a little bit of Memphis talk. Memphis and UCF, we had Sam Conn on the show, and we talked about the AAC a little bit. Tulane never came out of our mouths. (laughs) Shows you what what we know, I guess. Yeah, so plus two going against USC. USC doesn't want to be there. I mean, they got a good New Year's Eve, New Year's Day ball, excuse me, but they don't want to be there, honestly. I'm going to be honest with you. They don't want to be there. They wanted to play in the semifinals. Either the Fiesta or the Peach Bowl. So that's another factor that you got to look at. Like, okay, USC doesn't want to be there, but Tulane has something to say. Plus two, the number's good. They're profitable against the spread. They're profitable against the line number. Great running game. Great defense. Quarterback play is okay. But when you got a great running game and a great defense to back you up, that's all you really need. So give me Tulane plus two versus USC. So – on, I'm gonna spoil one of my picks here because I have USC minus two in my rapid fire. So let me. So first off, shout out to Coach Willie Fritz, former Sam Houston State Bearcat coach, now at Tulane. He's doing awesome things over there. And sorry to chant that I will not and cannot say on this show, but that still rings through the Sam Houston State football locker room. Um, I think USC is gonna be motivated because I think Lincoln Riley is gonna want to get in the portal. He's gonna want to put on a show in this game. And say, hey, look. We got Caleb. Our offense is sweet. We put points on the board. You know, go to all those defensive linemen and transfer portal, all those linebackers, all those corners. Say, look, we get you here. We get you here. You, we get you here. You've seen our offense. We're rolling. We're gonna be better next year with Caleb. My second year here. Now we get you guys to come over here on defense. We're gonna win a national championship next year. So I think this is a showcase game for USC. So I disagree on the motivation point. I actually like USC minus the two because of that. Um, my best bet of the week, I have Jacksonville minus three against Houston. I haven't bet Jacksonville on the show in a while, um, in a while. And then they started winning. Uh, so this is dangerous what I'm doing here now. Um, Houston beat Jacksonville earlier this year in a game that I'm sure Jacksonville remembers. So motivation is going to be there for the Jaguars. They cannot clinch a playoff spot this week. But I think motivation will be there for Jacksonville. Also, Jacksonville's just playing good football. Trevor Lawrence playing like a top-ten quarterback in the NFL. We always knew Doug Peterson was a good coach. I think he just needed half of the season to get the Urban Meyer, Jacksonville Jaguars stench off of this team. You say, you know, when it turns out when you lose, when you stop losing games in the dumbest ways imaginable, football gets a lot easier. And that's what happened to the Jaguars. You got Travis Etienne is really good. I mean, Christian Kirk, you can say they overpaid, but he's played well for them this year. Evan Ingram, you know, he was a first-round pick at tight end. Was he a top-ten pick at tight end? Disappeared for several years. Now it turns out, oh, Evan Ingram's really good. He always was. He just never had a quarterback who was worth anything. The defensive line's playing really well. All those first-round picks, all those top-ten picks they put in the defense, those guys are playing well. I like the Jaguars minus three here. I think it's a good team playing well. It's going to keep the momentum going ahead of what's going to be a playoff decider next week against Tennessee. Yeah, uh, no Houston bet for me this week. But, uh, yeah, okay, from the – okay, talking to a lot of Texas fans, um, from the draft perspective (laughs) – Yeah. (laughs) I didn't even get into that part of it. (laughs) Yes, we want the Houston Texans to lose. From a draft perspective – from an everything perspective. <laughs> the Houston Texans fan base still wants that number one pick. Um, it's a lot of talk with Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, 
Will Levis and all that great stuff. Um, Jaguars have been playing great football. Keep your eyes on Evan Ingram, the tight end for Jacksonville Jaguars. He's been balling for the last two weeks. What a ball club. Uh, Gabe already went over the players. But, yeah, this is a it's – a, it's a bad spot for the Houston Texans here. Yeah, and, was, and, then, and then there's a revenge factor, too. You got a team that's playing well, a good young team, a talented team with a good coach. And usually it's like, okay, well, Houston's a game they can overlook. And, well, they can't clinch playoffs anyway. They just got to win next week. So, okay, well, Jackson might lack of motivation. No, they lost to Houston. They were kind of humiliated by it. So this is a, this is a get-back spot for them now. Yeah, yeah, this is this is one of those spots where, like, yeah, we ain't forgot that we lost. We gave you guys the only win so far, you know, yeah. into the season. And, yeah. you know, until last week, Houston won in Tennessee. But, uh, yeah, look out for Trevor Lawrence. He does have a toe injury that's been kind of questionable. He's been playing with a bad toe for, like, two, three weeks. But that's what I'm hearing about the injury for. But hopefully he plays, give uh, Jaguar some hope. And Texans to keep losing for the draft. But uh, anyway, on to rapid fire. Me and Gabe try to. Now I got the picks that we didn't get to say out loud to you guys in under a minute. I'll go first. Uh, Kansas State plus six and a half uh, versus Alabama, the Sugar Bowl. Um, I like Kansas State there, man. TCU plus seven and a half versus Michigan. Semifinals. It's Yester Bowl. I like Dougie, man. I like Dougie. I like Dougie. He, you know, I was talking to him, my boss today. He said he reminded me of uh, Andy Dawson at TCU. I was like, well, well, that's fair comparison. Fair comparison. Give me, uh, and for the Peach Bowl, Ohio State and Georgia, give me the over 62 and a half points. Georgia can score. This ain't your old Georgia team shut down defense. And Ohio State, they can't shut, they can't shut anybody down on defense. So a lot of points there. NFL, give me Cleveland, Washington, under 40 and a half. Give me Detroit, minus six at the crib versus Chicago. Detroit is six and two against the spread at home. Last but not least, give me Seattle Seahawks, plus two. It's not called Quest Field anymore. <laughs> Lumen Field. Lumen Field, plus two versus Zach Wilson, Mike White. Who cares starting their quarterback for the New York Jets? Oh man, the uh, I like your Seattle at home pick there. I think a lot of people are gonna be on the Jets, so it's, I think Mike White's coming back now. Um, my picks this week will go rapid fire here. I touched on Michigan minus four and a half in the first half against TCU. My only, my only one ha single half bet I've made on a gambling check in its history. Georgia minus six against Ohio State. Georgia is going to bully what I have called a very soft Ohio State team, and I fully believe that. Georgia minus six. I like TCU minus two against Tulane for reasons stated earlier. Uh, I like New England minus two and a half against City Bridgewater and Miami at home. I like Green Bay minus three at home against Minnesota. Look, at some point, Minnesota's going to start losing, and Green Bay is actually playing decent football. I mean, Green Bay is playing okay. He, um, and again, Minnesota, how many one score games are you gonna win? Green Bay knows them well. I think they I think they get them this week, would drop Minnesota down to the three seed and move San Francisco up to the two should they win. And then Monday night football, Cincinnati Buffalo. Rob, I'm kind of all in on these Bengals, man. I like Cincinnati plus one at home. I like them to go and beat Buffalo. Uh I like them to go and beat Buffalo this week and get Buffalo and Kansas City in the same season. I like Joey B and the Bengals plus one.
Yeah, that's that's gonna be a good one. That's gonna be a good one there. But um, we will have all these picks posted on our Twitter at Gamblershack. Me, uh, Bobby Beats, and Gay Myers do not believe in selling picks. We give you guys these picks for free because hey, we just love to do this. Um, Gabe, any last words for the viewers? Man, happy new year. And I'll, you know, I'm gonna say this. I don't think Michigan's gonna win a national championship. I think Georgia's gonna win a national championship. But I am rooting. I think I am rooting for Michigan to win a national championship. I've liked Jim Harbaugh since he was at Stanford with Toby Gerhardt and he got there at a 40 point upset at USC. What was that? 07. Um, I want to see Jim. He got so close in the NFL to a Super Bowl, didn't get it. Last year, Michigan got embarrassed in the playoff. I want to see Michigan win a national. I want to see Jim Harbaugh get a ring. So that's just, I just want to say that I'm rooting for, I'm rooting for Michigan for the next couple of weeks. I think they beat TCU tomorrow and I, I'm hoping they beat Georgia and the Natty. I don't think they, I I would say I don't think they will, but I'm hoping they do hard over putting my bias out there right now. But the yeah. first half bet is not biased at all. I I feel sound in my logic there. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see Michigan versus Ohio State in the final championship. I I know we got a kick out of the Georgia Alabama matchup. We loved it, but I ain't trying to see the Big Ten in no final. Well, in Georgia would be Georgia Michigan would be really cool because like if Michigan were to win, for example, how awesome would it be? Like you get embarrassed by that Georgia team last year and to come back and beat, it would be like, you know, when Duke beat UNLV with Leitner, you know, they mm-hmm. got embarrassed in the title game by late by UNLV the year mm-hmm. before by Larry Johnson and those guys. And then to come back the next year and beat that team in the final four. I mean, that would be, I mean, how poetic would that be for Michigan? So I'm, I'm really I use a Duke example and I hate Duke basketball, but I'm really I'm really rooting for Michigan. I think it'd be so poetic. I don't know if they can compete with Georgia. Georgia's been a buzzsaw all year, but um, that's my thing. And I think you know we're gonna have a we're gonna have an awesome NFL playoffs coming up. So I'm I'm really looking forward to the next you know six weeks or so going into the Super Bowl. I think we're gonna have some awesome you know some awesome football games ahead. Let's do it. And that is it for the gambling shack. Uh, people always do three things. Happy bed, manage your bankroll, and bet responsibly. Always do. But I'm Robert Harris Jr. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Robo Harris Jr. My main man, Gabe Myers, G underscore Myers, 33 on Twitter as well. And if you make a 10 leg parlay tomorrow on the ball games, just delete it. Don't don't place it. If you're thinking about parlay, nope. No, no parlays tomorrow, guys. Let's make that our New Year's resolution. No, no parlays are more than three legs. Or I'll say four. We'll go four legs. I'm gonna say no parlays are more than four legs. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That's All our right. that's our New Year's that's our New Year's resolution. I think Rob and I follow that already. I want everyone else no parlay. If you want to do a long shot parlay of four legs, fine. Put a little bit of money. Nothing more than that. Let's not be give y'all a little bit of leeway here. Let's not be ridiculous, guys. Let's make some money. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, thank you. And that is it for the camera shake. We're gonna holler. Happy New Year, people. Happy New Year.